Let's have a word of prayer and uh, a couple announcements and then we'll dive into our lesson and finish up last week's lesson. Father, we come and we thank you for uh, your abundant grace to us. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and we've had a week of walking with you and and no matter how close we we strive to walk with you, our feet get dirty, our hands get dirty, our hearts are compromised. And so we ask you to uh, cleanse us this morning. And, and Lord, I pray that we keep short accounts with you during the week and uh, are just constantly dialoguing and, and, uh, and connecting and checking in and, and responding and realigning with you. But today is a day where we come together to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to listen with one another, and I pray that uh, you would do great things. We expect to hear from you, and we know that you know better than we do. And Father, we pray that uh, as we open your Bible and check what is being taught, what is being sung with your word, that we will hear from you. And so we praise you. I thank you for each person here, and I pray that you would encourage them and, and just heal what is broken strengthen what is right and put a burden and a passion and a vision for the lost people and the the mission for which we are here to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We have the summary, and I'll mention this again at the end, of the uh, seven seven spiritual skills for uh, hupakuo and how to listen. So if you want to take, which I hope you do, take these skills, stick them in your Bible, Before you come to church, when you get here to church, sit at your table, look over these, pray over these, think through these, and you can take these and keep uh, what we've learned. So, hope you enjoyed that, and uh, turn your Bibles here to Matthew chapter 7. Listen like your life depends on it. This is our final and seventh spiritual skill on how to listen to a sermon. I hope this has been uh, as big an encouragement to you as I know it has to me. And, uh, and I think it has because I've gotten quite a bit of feedback from some of you on it and the impact that it's had on you. In fact, I would, I would love if you'd take a moment this week and just email me with some of the things that God has taught you through this series. It's such an encouragement to see that and to see God at work in your heart. But we, when we look at Matthew chapter 7, and we're looking at verses 7, uh, verses 21 through 29, we're looking at the conclusion of the greatest sermon in the Bible. And we said last week, how would you listen to the Word of God being preached or taught if you knew today was the last lesson you would ever hear? How would that change? And I think when we look at verses 21 through 29, we'll read these again, we see that that's really what the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to do whenever His Word is preached. Look at verse 21. Not everyone. Oh, by the way, let me just throw verse 20 in there. Right before this, He's talking about false teachers and how to know them. And He says, Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. You're going to see why that's important here in a moment. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It's the doing, not the hearing. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? 
You see, it's a specific kind of doing. It's doing what God has taught, not necessarily what we do in His name. It's what we do as a result of knowing Him. Verse 23, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Knew you like Adam knew Eve in a very intimate, a very relational, a very personal way. I never knew you in that intimate, one-on-one, where the two become one kind of way. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. We're going to be driving through as a family through Joplin this this afternoon, and uh, for the specific purpose to see what what kind of damage is there, and uh, it's going to be a living illustration of what Jesus just taught here. That when 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 a when the real storms in life come, there is nothing, nothing that humanly can stand in its way. And spiritually, it's true. That when spiritual storms come, and they do come, and the greatest storm of all will be the judgment before the great white throne of God where we stand before Him. And no house will stand who does not know Christ and who does not listen to His Word as though our eternal life and death depends on it. And so the seventh vital spiritual skill is this. Listen like your life depends on it. Listen like your life depends on it, because it does. And we said last week that there is a repeated warning out of Psalm 95, and you have it there in your notes, that is repeated numerous times in the book of Hebrews. And, and I think it summarizes, it's kind of like, here's the so what. Okay, if I'm going to listen like my life depends on it, then what do I do? Well, here's what the Bible says. Today. Right now, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And we looked at the context of Psalm 95, and and it came out of a context of worship where we should expect God to be speaking to us. And when He speaks, don't harden your heart. All right, we saw that. New Testament, Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 3 through 4. It's repeated four times. Look at your... Go ahead and turn there. Hebrews 3. Read a couple of these verses. I, I just It amazes me how the author of Hebrews is able to take this warning and say it four different times in the short, you know, a short breadth of two chapters. I think he's concerned about his hearers. And the reason he's concerned is because these, these Jewish Christians, that's why it's called the book of Hebrews, It's written to Jewish Christians who professed Christ and turned away from Judaism to believe in the one that Judaism said was coming, 
Well, okay, you said he was coming. He came. I believe in him. But that meant a separation from Judaism, a separation from the temple sacrifices for the true sacrifice, the true Lamb of God that they pointed to. But, do you think people were happy when they left? No. There came persecution. There came severe persecution. There came the temptation to go back when it was easier. I mean, some of you know what that is, that when you came to Christ, there was that, that honeymoon period, and then all of a sudden life got a lot tougher. And you said, you know what, it was easier when I was just a sinner and, and just living in my sin. And yeah, that was miserable at times, but, but somehow, sometimes we think, you know, it was easier back then. So they had this temptation to return. And he's trying to say to them, don't turn back. Don't don't forsake, don't quit doing what you're hearing. And so the warning is this, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Well, let's look at Hebrews 3.7. He says it, Hebrews 3.7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, if you hear his voice, which means when you hear it, you ought to obey it. Drop down to verse 13. Exhort one another daily. While it's called today, until you die and until Christ returns, we ought to be exhorting one another. Who'd you exhort last week? Who'd you exhort last week? Who were you a blessing to? You know, it's driving me nuts. We live in this social media where we have instant community. I mean, there's no excuse. used to be, oh, I don't like to write cards. I don't like to write letters. I don't, you know, but now there's just no reason not to exhort one another daily. While it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So, you know, if the world can use this technology to send immoral pictures to encourage the lusts in one another. Don't you think we can use this social media to encourage with the Word of God? So I just ask you, this last week, and who are you going to encourage this week, through whatever means? And I'll tell you this, a written card is always more meaningful than than instant messaging. Uh, You know, use it all, but use it for the glory of God. Now, Notice verse 15. Verse 15. While it said, while it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Drop down to verse 7 of chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 7. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Now, We said out of this verse, we have four ways to listen. How do I put that hearing into practice? The two ways that we looked at last week were, obviously, number one, listen urgently. Today. Now. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Don't be like Augustine who prayed when his sexual sin was challenged, when he was convicted. God, give me chastity, but not now. And that's how we are. You know, man, that was a great message. But I won't do anything about it. Number two, listen humbly. Today, if you hear His voice, don't harden. And we said the opposite of not hardening is responding. Because if you don't respond, that's hardening. Let me say that again. If you don't 
passive. It's, God, it's just as bad to passively reject the Word of God as it is to actively reject it. You know, if I if 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 uh, if I ask you to do if if Gwen asks me to do something, and I say no, that's there's trouble at home. Okay, but it's equally bad. It's no better if she asks me to do something and I just don't say anything, which I, I've tried that, but it doesn't work, does it, Gwen? No. What happens? I hear it again, but in a different tone. More directness, and if I if I don't answer, is that gonna is it gonna go away? No, because we live together, we have a relationship together. That won't work. So why, when it comes to the Word of God, do we think we can come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, hear Him speak, and then passively walk out and not respond, and think He's okay with that? Any more than we would be, all right? And so, what should we do? We've got to ask God to open our hearts and help us apply what we hear. Listen, don't be discouraged that you don't feel like listening to God's Word. I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is acknowledge that, confess that, and then say, God, open my heart so that I attend and listen and do what you hear me. Listen to Luke 24, 45. Jesus is speaking to two of his or to his disciples, and he's, it says this, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. I'm telling you, you challenge people to read their Bibles, and they say either they don't do it just because they don't do it, or they they read it and they say I don't understand it. Well, if you don't understand, you need want to do two things. First thing you need to do is ask the author to help you. Open, open my understanding that I may comprehend. Ask Jesus to do for you what he did for his disciples. He'll do it. Second thing you need to do, you need to be like the Ethiopian eunuch when Philip came up to him and said, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how could I understand it unless someone explain it to me? Find someone in this room, in our church, Ask your pastors, help me to understand the Bible. And you can do that. In fact, we have people that will meet with you on a weekly basis to understand the basics of the Bible and build it block on block. Look at Acts 16.14. Turn your Bibles to Acts 16.14. Acts 16.14. My whole point here is when he says don't harden your heart, we can't, we can't have a soft, humble heart without the help of the Lord. You know, we just can't do it on our own. We, we, we have to ask His help, and then when He gives it, we respond to it. Acts 16, 14. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira who worshipped God. And then here it is again. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. To do them, not just hear them. James 1.5. Let me give you some more encouragement. If anyone lacks wisdom, Lord, I just don't understand how to, how to understand your word. When I listen to a sermon, I'm not quite sure what to do with it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Notice two Puritan pastors... You say, well, why do I want to listen to a Puritan pastor? Well, because these guys were wise. 
godly men that said profound things that are still meaningful today. Look at what Thomas Watson, my favorite, has to say. You must give an account for every sermon you hear. Wow. Yeah, that's why James says, do not be many teachers because you'll even have a great... It's one thing to give account for everything I heard. It's a, it's a greater responsibility and there will be a greater judgment for those of us for every sermon and lesson we've taught. But don't think that then discounts the hearer. The judge to whom we must give an account is God. How should we observe every word preached, remembering the account? See, I want you to get in the mindset, I'm going to be held accountable. Someday Jesus is going to say, what happened? What's the the date today, the 12th? Remember on the 12th, down the New Life class? Pastor Chris did that outstanding lesson. That's what I'm hoping. And you know what? He will say that about a lot of my stuff. A lot of Pastor Bruce's stuff. And you know why I can be confident of that? I mean, I don't know, and I won't know until he tells me, but the reason I'm confident, I'm preaching his word. Now, he'll examine my heart. That'll be another thing. But remember when you heard that lesson? What'd you do with that? Wow. Man, that would change me how I listen to the word of God. You must give an account of every sermon you hear. The judge to whom you must give an account is God. How should we observe every word preached? Remembering the account. Let us all, let all this make us shake off distraction and drowsiness. It, it makes me feel good that a great godly man like Thomas Watson had people falling asleep on him just like I do. Shake it off and have, and I love this, have our ears chained to the word. Wow. Well, then drop down and see Richard Baxter, another one of my favorites. Remember that all these days and sermons must be reviewed, and you must answer for all that you have heard, whether you heard it with love or with unwillingness and weariness, with diligent attention or with carelessness. And the word which you, you, which you hear shall judge you at the last day. Hear, therefore, as those that are going to judgment to give an account of their hearing and obeying. Those are two great. Awesome quotes. But that brings us today. Listen sincerely. Listen sincerely. And pardon the pun, this gets to the heart of the matter. Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your what? Your heart. It's all a heart issue. That's why we're asking God to open our hearts. Now, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, because this is, uh, this is the classic passage. Mark chapter 4. And it's kind of where we began this series, and so we want to end this portion of it. In Mark chapter 4, in fact, let's read, uh, begin with verse 3. This is the only parable that's in all three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's repeated in all three. It's the first of his parables he taught, and he tells his disciples, if you don't understand this one, you're not going to understand any of the rest, because it's all about how you hear. And so he starts out by saying, verse 3, Listen, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devours it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because... 
And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. And that was a tremendous yield. I mean, that, that is a in, in normal sowing, you would never get that big of a harvest. And so these farmers, these agricultural peasants that are listening to this, they're like, whoa, man, I'd love to have a 30-fold yield, but a 60 and 100-fold, I'm all years. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him, uh, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. That is a out of Isaiah, and it's a judgment on those who have hard hearts. Hard hearts don't get more light. Hard hearts don't get more light, and what you've heard is taken from you. Soft hearts get more light and receive more than what you used to know. So that's, that's kind of the, the whole idea here. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parable? Here's the point. If you don't know how to listen to my word, you're never going to get anything more out of it. And so then he explains it. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes and immediately takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Just like the birds that take the seed that's on the surface. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, and circle this word, immediately receive it. First of all, look at when Satan snatches it. When does Satan snatch it in verse 15? Immediately. E listen, when you hear the word, see, today, you've got to grab it today and you've got to apply it today because immediately Satan's here wanting to snatch you away, snatch the word away from you and distract you. Then, likewise, the one on stony ground, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, and you're thinking, oh, okay, here, here's, how to, here's how to beat Satan. Be quicker than him, and immediately get excited about it. Well, okay, but look at what happens. They receive it with gladness, and they have no root, and look at this next phrase, in themselves. There's nothing in them anchoring. It, it hit the head, it hit the senses, but it doesn't penetrate the heart. Afterward, and how do you know it hasn't penetrated your heart? Because afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So just as quick as they had it, just that quickly it goes away. Then, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Notice, these don't. the word here isn't receive, it's hear. They hear the word, and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they all heard it, accept it. Some of them even accepted it, but notice, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100. Then he goes on with several more parables that we don't have time to get in on, but I do want to read verses 20, uh, 23 through 25, because Jesus says it again. 
If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you and to you who hear. That is, hear in the sense of receiving it and bearing fruit. More will be given for whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, what's this mean? Well, let's look at it. Let's break it down. Three kinds of soils. The soils is the heart. Would you agree with Do you see that in the interpretation? It says their hearts. The sower is, is God, Jesus, or a preacher or teacher of the whoever's proclaiming the word. The seed is the word. And they did broadcast sowing. So you had this big bag there, and you had broadcast. So you're just throwing the seed. And when you throw the seed, you can't control where it goes. And some of it lands on hard ground. Some of it lands on shallow dirt. Some of it lands on in the weeds. And some of it lands on good fertile soil. And you get different crops from that. Okay? Same thing here. We're not here to be... Listen, in too much of our witnessing, we are soil inspectors... Instead of, uh, 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 instead of just sowing the seed with abandonment. See, Jesus got in front of a multitude and he didn't say, you know what? She looks like she's paying attention. I'm gonna, uh, she looks like she's ready. I think I'm going to you know, plant the seed there. And Boy, that's a hard one. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want, you know, there's one, but, but wow, look at that, that, that Rolox on them. I don't think they'd ever give that up. You know, he, but that's how we go about witnessing. We go around looking and go, wow, the prospects aren't looking good here. I'll wait until someone's really, you know, and, 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 and you know, how many people have you had come up to you recently? Hey, I'm, I, I, what must I do to be saved? How, how many of your lost friends are asking you that? No. Sow the seed with abandon, and it lands on all these hearts. Okay, so let's look at it. First of all, the wayside soil. The wayside soil, the hard soil. It's packed down from people. There would be paths around these, these uh, fields, and people would walk on these same paths so they wouldn't get in the mud and the dirt. And it's packed down. And when a seed lands on it, it'd be... I mean, I could put a, a kernel of corn here until Jesus came, and nothing's going to grow. And you know what? There's some people... Well, you know what kind of heart? I call that a stubborn heart. Stubborn hearts that refuse to respond. They're hard. They're stubborn. They reject the word immediate. It may be active rejection. I don't want anything to do that. Or it may be passive rejection where it just sits. It just sits there. And what God says is, listen, hard hearts, don't think, don't think as a hard-hearted person, I can always get back to that later. Because who comes immediately? Satan, it's gone. I mean, listen, today, is, that's why he says today, 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 if you hear my voice, don't harden it because it ain't going to be waiting for you tomorrow. Satan's going to make sure of that. And God in his sovereignty may take your life. We don't, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So today's the day. Okay, reject it. No, the stony soil, number two, the stony soil. That's the shallow hearts that respond superficially. These are the ones when you're early in ministry, you just get so excited about. Later in ministry, you don't get excited about it. I'll never forget, we had a missionary blow through here that just made a big impact, big emotion, big, big plans, big talk, and just a big guy, big heart, great guy, nothing wrong with him. But he blew through here. 
And I just remember talking with Tyrone, Pastor Tyrone, in his office. Uh, in some years, within a year or two, all the big plans were not, and he wasn't where he was going, and it, it would just it all it all disappeared. Now he's still serving the Lord, and he's back on track, but but it just all the big plans were gone. So I remember talking to Pastor Tyrone. He said, "Yeah, Chris, I've seen him come." Like that, and he said, when they come like that, basically, that's how they go. As quickly and, and, and flashy and impressive as they come, it's how quickly they can go. Whereas the guys that come in and the women that come in and are just, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I don't know quite know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to stick with it. And they're low key, but they're focused and they're centered. Guess where they are? 10, 20 years. They're still low keyed, centered, and focused. Okay, doesn't mean you can't be an excitable person, but it just means don't be superficial. Because look at what it is. It's the response of a shallow heart. They reserve the they receive the word immediately. It says with gladness. Woo! This is great. This is great. And, and I've re- haven't you responded to God's word this way sometimes? Haven't you heard a sermon? Have you ever heard a sermon where you just got so excited about it? And then like within a couple days, you just don't even remember it anymore. And you're like, oh yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about. No, once the heat is turned up, immediately... Here's the point. As quickly as they accept it, they quickly reject it. As easy as it came, easy come, say it, easy go. Easy come, easy go. The superficial heart. This is the heart of the person that leaves this church every week and says, you know what, that was great. That was great. I'm glad I heard that today. And Monday or Tuesday, or more importantly, when they lose their job, or their marriage trouble comes, or anything that shakes their world, all those good sermons, all those good lessons, all that wisdom, all that guidance is thrown out the door because I've got a crisis. Well, exactly. (laughs) That's why we come here every week so we can get ready for when the storm comes right okay let's look at the thorny soil the thorny soil strangled hearts so you can be have a stubborn heart you can have a shallow heart strangled hearts that respond but eventually are distracted by divided loyalties this is the response of a divided heart they receive the word although it actually says they only hear it but the cares of the world meaning my health is gone the cares of the world. How am I gonna how am I gonna put food on the table? The cares of the world. Oh my gosh, my kid is off the deep end. The deceitfulness of riches. I just gotta make a little more money. If I if I can just work for Sundays for this year, I'll get ahead and then. You know, if I can just pay off for this, if I can just get this big TV, this bigger house, this college paid off, then I will give God His day and serve Him. But right now, I've got to work. And then number three, the desires for other things. The things of this world choke the Word and it never bears fruit. Let me, let me sum this up in this way. The wrong responses to the preaching of God's Word is conditional. Here's what all three of these have in common. All three of the soils, the hard, the shallow, and the thorny, the stubborn heart, the superficial one, and the strangle, 
are conditional and therefore they're unfruitful. Let me give you these. Here, here's what these folks are saying. And here's what I'm tempted to say. It's what you're tempted to say. I will not follow Jesus because I am spiritually blind. Now, they don't know it, but that's what's happening. I will not follow Jesus because I'm spiritually blind to Jesus and His kingdom message. It's just that I don't know it. We'll say other things, but we don't respond to it. That's number one. That's the lost person. I'm telling you, lost people cannot respond to God's Word. And so if you're here and you haven't crossed the line to Jesus Christ, if you haven't crossed the line, understand there comes a time where coming here will not benefit benefit you any longer until you cross the line and get a new heart from Jesus. Secondly, I will follow Jesus as long as it goes my way and meets my felt needs. That's the superficial person. I will follow Jesus as long as it goes my way and meets my felt needs. But if I lose my job, I'm not following. If I lose my spouse, I'm not following. If I lose my kid, I'm not following. If, if, if I'm depressed, I'm not following. If this just doesn't, you know, if, if, if things don't go at church the way I want them to go in my ministry, I'm not following. It's all conditioned on me and, and having a smooth life. By the way, where do you get those? I'd love to... You know, I'd love to get one of those. Number three, I will follow Jesus as long as I don't have to sacrifice anything I want or desire. I'll follow Jesus as long as I can have the American dream. I'll follow Jesus as long as I can get the house I want. I'll follow Jesus as long as I can get the size TV I want. I will follow Jesus as long as I can get the data plan I want. I will follow Jesus and give and serve. And I will do all this as long as my work doesn't get in the way, as long as my relationships don't get in the way. You know, I'll just try to do it all. And I'm telling you, eventually you get choked out. Because you can't, you know, your heart is only so big. And And we come to Jesus with it full of junk. And if we don't take the things of the world out of there by His help and place in there His things, you can't keep, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're going on a trip. We got, I mean, have you ever tried to get more in your luggage than what it can hold? How's that work? Huh? Not good. How's it, and, you, and then you fly with it. You know, there's, there, there's people that fly, you know, and, and they're, you know, I'm just telling you, you can't overpack a bag. And you can't overpack your heart. It won't all fit. And so you have to take some things out and you have to put some things in. Okay, let's look at this. Now, there's one kind of soil... One kind of heart that had the right response, and it bears fruit to three different degrees. And here it is. It's the good soil. And instead of being shallow, stubborn, or strangled, it's sincere. It's a sincere heart. Sincere hearts respond with understanding, obedience, and perseverance to the point of fruitfulness. So the good soil is a fruitful heart. Now, here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 20. There's a but there which are very important, big contrast. But these are the ones sown on good ground. They hear the word, they receive it, accept it, they claim it, but then they bear fruit some 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, turn to Hebrews thir- or Matthew 13. I said this is repeated three times. It's good to compare, compare how this is told. Look at Matthew 13, 23. Matthew 13. What am I doing? 
all over the place today. 1323. But he who received the seed on the good ground is he who... And there again, what's it always begin with? Here's the word, and then what proceeds? Understands it, who indeed bear fruit. So, it, it, Matthew here is helping us see that receiving it means I don't just hear it, but I understand. It's an understanding heart. I oh, I know what God is saying to me. All right. Now, keep your finger there, or, or turn to Luke eight fifteen. Here's the third time. Luke 8.15. So receive it, but receive it with an understanding heart. But now look at Luke 8.15. Comparing Scripture with Scripture, best way to study the Bible. Luke 8.15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who... And what's it always begin with? Heard the Word with a noble... And good heart, emphasizing the kind of heart you have, keep it and bear fruit. But look at the addition. With patience, or translated endurance. So what do we got here? All, all four of them here. So just be here hearing, which I know you know this from the series, is not sufficient. You need to receive it into your heart. But then you need to receive it in a way that has that understands, I need to do this today, not tomorrow. I need to act on this. God has spoken. That's what the understanding means. This isn't something I can dismiss, but notice with endurance. Now, and then what will be the result of this? What's the result? That's horrible. What's the result? Bear fruit. Okay? Can you see that now? Now, when you put this all together, you've just explained all the other hearts, all the other soils. Who does not do this? Which soil? The hard soil, which is the what kind of heart we said? Stubborn. Right? Yeah. Can I spell it? Who does not do this? The shallow, exactly. The shallow or the superficial. Why? They receive it, but they don't understand what they heard because they think, oh, woohoo! This is fun. This is easy. This won't, you know, when hard times come, they don't understand what they really agreed to. And who doesn't do this one? Strangled. Yeah, the strangled. The divided heart. They don't endure because eventually the things of the world get in the way of really doing what God has spoken to them. So, which heart is this? Then that only leaves this heart, which is what? The sincere or the good heart. Okay? Wow. 
and this gets all sorts, you know, 30, 60, and 100. And you say, oh, if I'm just a 30, I'm not doing too good. No, all of this is miraculous, super abundant, unnatural, not normal harvest yields. Now, notice in your notes, the right response to the preaching of God's Word is unconditional. Unconditional. You said it, and I'm going to do it. And I will follow Jesus because He's my King, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard it will be for me, no matter how much it will cost me, no matter how long it will take. I will receive, I will respond no matter how hard it is, no matter how long it takes, no matter what it costs me, I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing it. And guess what? If it doesn't bear fruit immediately, I'm going to endure. Oh, I read the Bible. I didn't get anything out of it. Keep reading it. But I'm still not getting anything out of it. Ask yourself, are you born again? You ain't gonna, you're, Listen, you're never going to have a hunger for the Word until you have a heart for the Word. And you can't have a heart for the Word until God gives you His heart. But if I have His heart and I'm being superficial, beware. If I have a heart, but my job and my kids and my whatever gets in the way, beware. You're not listening like your life depends on it and you're not seeing fruit. Now, let's move down into this. What kind of soil is your heart? Obviously, that's the point. What kind of soil? Is it stubborn? Is it shallow? Is it strangled? Is it sincere? Well, I responded to Jesus 10 years ago. I'm born again. I don't need this lesson. Today, today if you hear His voice, what is your heart today? And what will it be tomorrow when you read your Bible? And what will it be next Sunday when you come here again? Today, what is your heart? Now, why is this important? Number four, the fourth way to listen like your life depends on it is listen savingly. Now, since everything had to end to L-Y, I think I created a word. But you know what? I like that word. I need to listen savingly. Now, I don't know what Wikipedia would say, but Chrysopedia tells you that savingly means listen like born-again people do. Listen in the way that you must listen if you are truly born again. Because here's what I believe is the point of this passage. A point. There's, there's many, but the central point he's trying to get across is this. There's only one way to respond to the preaching of the Word of God if you are truly born again. And to be born again is to respond with a good heart. Now, first of all, we live in a real world and I, I have a heart that is born again. God created in me a new heart. But I still have a sin nature. So I can have stubborn responses. I can have shallow responses. I can get excited about things and just quickly not follow through. I can have a strangled heart. But I know that I have those things. I am convicted when I have those things. And I eventually repent when I have those things. And I say eventually. I'm not talking about decades. I'm talking about my Heavenly Father 
and the Holy Spirit that dwells in me and the heart I have in here will not settle. And the Spirit tells me, Chris, you're settling. You're hardening. You're superficial. That's superficial. You're getting strangled. Get a good heart. Receive what I'm saying to you. Understand it and endure in it and it will bear fruit. Now, why do I say savingly? Well, let me say this. The question about the soils comes down to the two in the middle, doesn't it? Are we sure that... Definitely the person that doesn't receive God's Word and Satan snatches it, that's not a born-again person. Hard heart, right? The question is about these two. And the question becomes, well, are they saved? And the reason we ask that question is we want because we're more comfortable here than we are here. And since we kind of want to live here, we want to be assured that I'm saved because we have this weird thinking about salvation that somehow as long as I'm saved, it doesn't matter how I live as long as I'm saved. Now, do you think that's what Jesus is getting at in this parable? Read the Gospel of Mark. Read. That's why it's sometimes good to have the letters in red. Because he doesn't mince words. Okay, now, i got a pastor friend who says, and, and, there's many, and there's a lot of controversy over this. I mean, there's a lot of division. A lot of people think these, these two are saved. And I have a pastor friend that says they're saved. And I respect this guy, and I listen to him. And here's what he said. And it made me, gave me positive things. He says, I think they're saved. And the reason they're saved is because where there's life, you know, for there to be life, you must be born again. And at first, that reasoning and that logic, you know, it, it, I, I said, well, that's something i got to think of. i got to consider that. That, that, that. that rings true, doesn't it? I mean, if, if, if there's no life, there's no, there's no, if there's you know, no growth, there's no life. But here's what you've got to ask yourself. That's great, that's great, and that's reasoning, but does it line up with the context of this passage? Is that really what Jesus is getting at? Is he, as he sows the Word of God, is he just looking for sparks of life? Why does a farmer or a sower sow seed? One reason for a harvest. Anything less, is he satisfied? I mean, does, does a farmer go out and say, look at that cornfield. It is beautiful. It is green. It is lush. And, 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 and if a farmer showed you that, what would be your first question? Can I try some of the corn? What kind of crop do you get? Could we have a corn, bar, you know, buttered, salt and pepper roasted ear of corn? Well, no. There's life out there, but there's no fruit. And what would you think of that farmer? You think you're nuts? You spent all that time, all that money to have a gar, you know, like a plant garden. You know, that's like fishing and putting the fish back in, right? <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. Okay, I, I may have went too far afield on that. <laughs> Listen, do you think a superficial, shallow response is sufficient for entering the kingdom? Do you think a divided heart that chooses treasure of this world over Christ is one that's acceptable to God? Here's the real question. Is Christ looking for any sign of life or any kind of evidence of salvation, no matter how temporary, how shallow, how divided? No, that's not what He's looking for. He is looking, the sign of life He's looking for is fruit. The sower, of, the sower sows seeds for a harvest. 
In fact, there's two more parables. And I'll give you the evidence here. First of all, this is what he wants. And let me, let's, let's be honest. This is what you and I want. We don't want this. We don't want that. We want this. Jesus had a parable where he saw a fig tree and had bunches of leaves and a promised fruit, and he was hungry. And he went to it, and when he found no fruit, he said, oh, but it's beautiful leaves. Now, what did he do with the fig tree? He cursed it and said, you shall never bear fruit. Because when I came to you and I was hungry, what I want is fruit, not pretty leaves. And here's the reality. So, so as much as I love my friend, I, I think he's wrong on this. And these, you know, and, and here's the bottom line. Jesus doesn't come out and say whether it's saved or not. The point is, these are not acceptable to the sower. But he's, he's at peace with, you know, you just throw it out there, but who's he going to be focusing on? And who do you want him to focus on? Do you want him to focus on you? Then you've got to listen like your life depends on it. So, as we wrap up these seven spiritual skills, take this card and look at, look at what I have at the end. And I, I encourage you. This is your today. If you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Instead, get alone with God this week and look at one truth you've learned from this series that you never want to forget. One truth. Number two, one area where I've really been convicted and I've fallen short through this series. One area where I know God kept hitting me over the head with, piercing my heart. Number three, one step I have been taking to make corrections. How have I listened differently? And then finally, what is one habit I'm going to establish in my life by God's grace in Christ Jesus, by His Spirit, as a result of this series, here's one habit I'm going to start doing. And for me, my one of my habits out of this is I'm praying through these before I come to church. I pray through these when I go upstairs. Lord, I expect to hear from you. I admit that you know better than I do. And I'm going to have my Bible open. I'm going to be engaged as Pastor Bruce preaches. And Lord, you know, I want this to pierce my heart. I want to have a sincere heart. I want to respond. I want to bear fruit from this. And boy, it's been a blessing. And I hope it's been a blessing to you. Next week, Father's Day and uh, special Father's Day. So please come, invite somebody. Uh, let's, let's come here. The week after that, how to listen to a bad sermon. Now, you won't be able to apply this to Jerry's lesson, but you can apply it to some of the ones you've heard from me. Okay? How to listen to a bad sermon. You will like that. And so, uh, come these next two weeks. Father, we come and, uh, wow, what a lot to hear and what a lot to apply. But Lord, help us to do that. Open our hearts that we may take heed to what we've heard. And then, Lord, let us reflect on this series, knowing that one day we'll give an account for all that we've heard. And Lord, we rejoice that all of this is impossible apart from Your Spirit, but Your Spirit is eager to open our hearts, soften it, and give us good hearts. And Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't crossed the line, I pray that today, today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that they cross the line. For the rest of us, Lord, today's the day to apply what our Savior has taught. In Jesus' name, amen.